DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Begin Again, The Spiritual Legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher was ordained in 1979 as a member of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He obtained his doctorate from the Gregorian University, and he has dedicated many years to an extensive ministry of retreats, spiritual direction, and teachings about the spiritual life. Father Gallagher is the author of several books published by the Crossroads Publishing Company on the spiritual teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the life of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. Father Gallagher is featured on the EWTN series, Living the Discerning Life, the Spiritual Teachings of St. Ignatius of Loyola. Begin again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. In our exploration of the, the rich teachings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, we come across a subject that is somewhat difficult, isn't it? But it really needs to be addressed if we are going to uh, venture in the spiritual life, and that is the subject of suffering. Sure, no treatment of the spiritual life would be real, you know, or have its feet on the ground without dealing with that topic. And we've mentioned a number of times how suffering was such a real part of the personal life of the Venerable Aunt Terry, beginning with with his health and all the difficulties the church went through and his own personal price uh, to be paid for being faithful to the Holy Father and so on under the persecutions. But he also has a very realistic spiritual teaching for those whom he directed and guided in the spiritual life. I'm looking right now at a, um, it's just a paragraph in which he speaks to a married woman. So this is the lay vocation and, and marriage that he has in mind, but the teaching applies across vocations in which he outlines for her a way to understand the suffering that will inevitably be a part of hers as every life, and then how to try to respond to this on the level of faith. Uh, The first thing that he tells her is that um, she needs to expect that such things are going to be part of her life. And he lists them, anxieties for various things, uh, struggles with various temptations, aridity, times when Even when we're faithful to prayer, the prayer feels distant and dry and difficult. Heaviness of heart for various things that she or any one of us may need to carry in life. Tribulations of various kinds, injuries, and these could be both emotional and physical. Sufferings of the body, too, are obviously very real in the sufferings of life. Uh, Just unpleasant situations that she has to live through times when she is offended by other people or receives ingratitude. And as he tells her, he says, I will expect all of these things, even from those I love and those I have helped. Um, That takes us right back to Jesus in the gospel. So that's the first thing that he asks her to reflect upon, that this this will not be the only element in life, but that the, the thread or sometimes threads of suffering uh, in our lives are to be expected. Now, if that's the case, what does a person of faith do with this part of life? 
I would say, as I look at what he says to this woman, that he's really asking her to to live on a pretty high level of sanctity. I don't think this is something that one immediately or quickly achieves. Probably most of us need years of life and experience to, to grow in these realities. But what he's doing here is simply laying out a program. And he's expecting that she's going to be praying with this and reflecting on this and working with this to grow spiritually over the years. So he tells her on the level of faith to never think of these situations as evil, uh, simply um, meaningless chance in, in our life, and, and not simply to look at them either as they originate from the human persons who cause them in our lives, but to look at them rather from the perspective of God, which begins to change things, and to know that nothing in our lives can ever take place against God's will. You know, he who took even the original sin of, of humanity and turned that into, as we say in the liturgy, a happy fault, which merited the, the Redeemer, can work through any situation of evil or suffering which may befall us in life, and always for his purpose, which is a purpose of providence and a purpose of love, finally. Um, he invites this woman to, to help her see this more deeply, that the suffering in our lives needs to be seen from, from God's perspective, and that's where it finds its meaning. And when we find meaning in things, we can care that carry them so much more fruitfully, so much more easily um, in life. He asks her to consider that this is the way that Jesus himself chose on earth. It was the way of suffering. It was the way of the cross. He was not successful in human terms. He was abandoned. He was unjustly condemned. He was subjected to even terrible physical pain. This was the way that Jesus himself chose as the path toward redemption. It's also, he, he asks her, Venerable Antari asks her to consider the way in which he's led the saints who are closest to him. And I think we can, we can um, consider any of the saints we know. You know, uh, many of us still have the images, for example, of now St. Uh, John Paul II in the latter years of his life. The obvious physical suffering and suffering on so many levels that he carried in order to be faithful to the end. But we can look at this in any of the saints, St. Therese of the Child Jesus and so on. And this is also the way he points out that Jesus asked his, his mother, the Blessed Mother herself, to walk in her life, Our Lady of Sorrows. And we can image her standing at the foot of the cross and all that she went through and sharing Jesus' passion. And that the reason why Jesus asked these saints, asked even his very mother to walk this way of suffering in life was to glorify her, he says, correspondingly in heaven. For Venerable Lanteri, suffering is always viewed in the perspective of eternal life. It's always viewed in terms of a trial that God asks us to carry, but it's not meaningless. All of it is storing up a future of glory and blessedness for eternity with God. It will have its recompense. Now, if this is the case, if this is why God allows 
these elements of sufferings in our life. Then the practical conclusion follows that we need to consider even the elements of suffering in our lives. This is a strong word now, as favors um, and as opportunities. This is a word he will use often, that suffering is an opportunity that God provides because of the many spiritual benefits which flow into our lives and through us for others, if we are willing to, to bear the suffering that he has asked us to carry. Now here too, Venerable Hentari is very specific. To help her, to help any of us to carry the sufferings or the crosses that God has given us in our life, to carry them more fruitfully, we can be aware of the reasons, of the fruits that come through this suffering. I think we all know, Chris, that in times of physical suffering, in times of um, trials in, in the family, relationships in the family, financial trials, and the many different burdens that can weigh heavily on our bodies and our souls at times, we know that we need to ask God's help. That's when we make a kind of prayer that, that arises out of our helplessness to God. Jesus, remember me. Have mercy. A kind of prayer which brings us close to God and brings him close to us. It's Biblically, it's the poverty of spirit that Jesus tells us in the first beatitude that opens our hearts to enter into his kingdom. We know at such times that we need God's help and we turn all the more to prayer at such times. Through such times, too, we come to see clearly our own weakness and our need for God in a way that does not depress or diminish, but in a way that opens us, opens us up to the grace that can make these times truly fruitful in our lives. So, he says to this woman, and I would say to all of us, our effort then is to try to accept such crosses when God brings them into our lives with a very sure confidence that this has meaning, that this is the road that God has laid out for me in my life. And as he tells her, that all of this is ordered for our good. So that our part is to seek to benefit from these situations. So that's an overview of the element of suffering as Venerable Anteri describes this to anyone who is seeking to grow in the spiritual life and also outlines a way to try to respond to this in our lives. We'll return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. The Councils of Mercy, 
an excerpt from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. Above all, I recommend with all my heart that you guard against discouragement, disturbance, and sadness. Seek always to keep your poor heart in peace and encourage it, and always to serve God with holy joy. Be of good heart, because the Lord is with you, and he loves you. For more excerpts from the writings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri, visit discerninghearts.com. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. A prayer for the intercession of Venerable Bruno Lanteri. O Father, fountain of all life and holiness, you gave Father Bruno Lanteri great faith in Christ your Son, a lively hope, and an act of love for the salvation of his brethren. You made him a prophet of your word and a witness to your mercy. He had a tender love for Mary, and by his very life he taught fidelity to the church. Father, hear the prayer of your family, and through the intercession of Father Lanteri, grant us the grace for which we now ask. May he be glorified on earth, that we may give you greater praise. We ask this through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We now return to Begin Again with Father Timothy Gallagher. Part of our response then, wouldn't it, Father Gallagher, be one that helps us exercise and to grow in virtue? Virtue is really an essential element, isn't it? Well, it's through such times of suffering that we exercise many virtues in a special way. I have in mind here now another text of Venerable Anteri, in which he's describing why we pray with the passion of Jesus Christ. You know, it, I was struck when uh, Pope Francis on Good Friday, in that lovely reflection that he offered, repeated several times the invitation to actually take up, hold in our hands the crucifix and to contemplate it. And then, with great reverence, to kiss the wounds of the Lord Jesus. And his invitation was to do this often. It's a powerful gesture. 
what he's what he's doing there in the way that's typical of his catechetical style is he's offering a very doable, very concrete way of meditating on the passion of Jesus, of looking toward the crucified Jesus. And this is the invitation to those who would live the spiritual life, that if we can look to Christ, times of suffering are a time to look to Jesus and to look to Jesus in a special way on the cross. You know how in the Old Testament, when the people were bitten by serpents, God told Moses to raise up the bronze serpent on a pole, and all who looked on it were healed. And that's been seen always as a forerunner or a type of the uh, lifting up of Jesus on the cross for the healing and the salvation of humanity. That's the invitation at such times. Let times of suffering be times centered on Jesus, times in which we look to him in his own passion and cross, leading to, through death, to resurrection, to glory, and to spiritual growth in an infinitely rich way. Now, to get back to the virtues that you mentioned, uh, Chris, here are the virtues that Venerable Anteri enunciates or lists as virtues in which we can grow through such times of suffering, in imitation of Jesus, who lived all of this himself. These are times in which we are called to grow in fortitude, that fundamental virtue of cardinal virtue, as it's called, of the Christian life, which allows us, by God's grace and through repeated human effort, mingling with that grace, doing our part, and above all, being open to receive God's grace, allows a person to grow to the point in which suffering shakes this person less and less. Chris, we've all seen and met people. Generally, it's people in the latter decades of life and people who have been through a good deal who give witness to that virtue of fortitude. They're pillars of strength. They may still be undergoing physical suffering or be in difficult situations, but there's a deep-rooted strength and peace in the Lord Jesus, a kind of serenity that is a great blessing for those who live with such persons. That's, that's the first virtue in which God is giving us, as Lanteri says, an opportunity to grow in the time of suffering. Now, I know as I say that, that many times in our sufferings, we feel anything but people of fortitude. We feel helpless. We feel discouraged. Um, our energy, even for prayer and for the, the many services that we're called to render in life, wanes. We can feel isolated, burdened, afraid of the future. All of these things are part of the journey of suffering. The gentle, repeated invitation is to look to Jesus on his cross and there to find strength. Humility is another virtue in which we grow in times of suffering. When we have to face our physical limitations or when we have to face um, difficult situations and our own helplessness to change them, we become humble, or there, there, is a, there is a rich opportunity to grow in the humility which makes our souls beautiful before God and, and attracts His grace. In that lovely verse in the first letter of Peter, we read that the proud He knows from afar, but God grants grace to the humble, and suffering can open our hearts to receive that grace. Detachment. Times of suffering are times in which we know that we are pilgrims, 
that we have not, as the letter to the Hebrews says, we have not here a lasting city, but that we are pilgrims on the way to our true home. Times of suffering are times when that becomes real, when that becomes important, when that sustains us, when we grow in that spiritual truth. Poverty. And then finally, patience, he mentions. The virtue which allows us to go on day by day in the midst of these situations, by God's grace, obviously, as we go forward. So there is a kind of growth in virtue that comes through the joy that God also gives in our lives, the closeness, the love, the sharing, the blessed relationships within family or the projects that work out well and to which we dedicate our energies in our lives. There is a wonderful kind of growth in virtue that comes through this channel. But there is another kind of growth also that complements it and which will be there in every life. And this Venerable Anne Terry says is why God allows this suffering in every life in various ways or at various times. Because of the certain kinds of growth that normally speaking in God's providence come through the carrying of the cross. And this opens up rich possibilities in the spiritual life. Father Gallagher, he is very understanding that suffering can produce every kind of pain, he says, both in body and in spirit. And it's that in spirit that can be extraordinarily crippling. I mean, I think we have all maybe in our own lives or at least know of those who have had physical suffering, there's something in the act of our will that we can uh, endure that in a way that when we suffer in the spirit, it's much more difficult. And, And I think, would you say that those spiritual disciplines that he has outlined for his directees and for us, that's when they become really crucial to to adhere to. Well, we're made of both body and soul. And we can experience health and strength and energy on both levels. And we can obviously also experience suffering on both levels. And the suffering can be real, I would say, on both levels. I think it's true, Chris, that because the spiritual level is the deepest part of us, that that is most likely where the deepest suffering can come. But deep suffering can obviously come on either level. I'm thinking of those last 18 months in the uh, life of St. Therese, in which you do have a a, a spiritual suffering, a darkness that was very, very hard for her. But especially in the latter months, as, as she gradually succumbed to the tuberculosis, which took her life, the physical suffering was so intense that she told those who were with her that she could understand why people would take their lives. Now, this is a woman of deep faith, but that's just a marker of, on, on about how intense the physical suffering was. And she also said that she had never, never realized that one could suffer physically so intensely as she found herself suffering at that time. So that's the first thing I'd say, that any of us who are experiencing any kind of physical suffering need to know the great reverence in which God holds that suffering, need to know that that Jesus who wept, shed tears at the death of Lazarus, uh, understands human suffering, obviously above all because he has has been there uh, himself in the most profound way imaginable. Having said that, 
Yes. The, the, the spiritual side of life where we can feel alone or discouraged or even not as close to God as we once felt and without understanding why. And the darkness or the, the long burden of emotional situations in which we're called to live. All of this can be can be very, very hard. And it's in those times that we need really to, to reach out for the wide array of spiritual remedies that are available to us in the church. Uh, certainly the Eucharist above all, where the Lord Jesus is present, Mass and Holy Communion, Eucharistic adoration, if that's possible. It's remarkable how that takes us out of isolation and moves us into communion. I remember a woman uh, telling me once about this. We are, Our church here in Boston is a Eucharistic shrine, and we have perpetual adoration. A woman who was at, the, at that point not even a Catholic just found that by walking into the church she and gazing toward the, the Blessed Sacrament, she experienced a kind of peace that she found nowhere else. Now, eventually that led her into the Catholic Church and to a whole new understanding of why she felt such peace, why she could feel so loved before the Blessed Sacrament. To read Psalm 23 or John 10, I am the Good Shepherd, to let the words of the Lord strengthen us, sharing with others in the spiritual life, activities in the parish or groups, or just a spiritual friend, prayer to Mary, and, and so on, spiritual reading, the many remedies that we have, uh, all of these can help us. What Father Lentieri is pointing out here to this woman, and I'd say again to anyone who, whom he guided spiritually, was to be very sure that the suffering that I am experiencing focus for the moment on the spiritual suffering and the darkness that we can experience and the burden is not meaningless, is not outside of God's providential guidance of my life, is not an unfortunate occurrence which is simply pain and leads nowhere. That this is a cross, that is, this has meaning on the level of faith, that God's providence is working in this, and that God has a growth and a richness and a grace that he wants to offer to me through this so that if I am willing to carry this, I can do this with hope and with confidence that my cross, like Jesus' Good Friday, will lead to an Easter Sunday, will lead to a growth, a newness in life, a resurrection in my own relationship with God and through me for others in the world. As we come to the conclusion of this particular episode, what other aspects of this should we recall from the teachings of Venerable Bruno Lanteri? Well, I mentioned earlier that he always sees suffering in the light of eternity. And that makes such a difference. His, he often quoted in the times of his own physical suffering or spiritual suffering, a phrase of his spiritual mentor, Father Diesbach, who himself underwent uh, some, some real physical suffering with a, um, a leg which gave him a great deal of trouble and other physical problems, that his spiritual mentor would always repeat this phrase, that paradise pays for all. That in eternity, whatever we go through here, if we can carry the cross with Christ, it will find its reward. There was a time in... This was just a few years before his death 
when uh, he was helping the Oblate Fathers give a retreat to a, a group of lay people who had come into the Oblate Retreat House for this. And one of these was a man with whom he was meeting once a day uh, in order to uh, allow this man to talk about how things were going spiritually for him and to plan for the future. And uh, this man, Michele, eventually wrote a letter to his wife describing what had happened. He had come to the room where Venerable Anteri was, assisted by one of the other priests, and found him worse than usual, um, so much so that he could scarcely breathe, uh, even tears falling from his eyes. And, and he, he told Michele, the lamp is going out. But what struck Michele about this was the deep peace that he found in the whole person of Venerable Anteri. And I'll read to you one sentence that he wrote to his wife. He looks to heaven during his attacks and pronounces the word paradise with so much faith that it stirs everything within me. Paradise pays for all. Whatever suffering we go through will find its reward, will lead to a deep and growing joy in the Lord for all eternity. And that's our hope. How beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Thank you, Chris. You've been listening to Begin Again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We pray that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we ask that you tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Begin Again, the spiritual legacy of Venerable Bruno Lanteri with Father Timothy Gallagher.